0: joneswalker.com. And by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at alliancesafetycouncil.org. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.
1: From Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal.
0: It's business, Baton Rouge style.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. When it comes to being a successful entrepreneur, as important as having a great idea is finding a niche where you can do something no one else is doing or at least not doing in quite the same way or with the same level of expertise and effectiveness. With me today is a man who is developing an expertise in aerial videography using drone technology. His name is Paul Charbonnet, and he is owner of Atmosphere Cinema. A Baton Rouge company that shoots aerial video and photography not only the old-fashioned way but increasingly these days from its fleet of drone vehicles. In the years since Paul founded the company in 2010, Atmosphere Cinema has done work for the agriculture and real estate sectors and especially for the Louisiana film industry which is keeping Paul busy. It's a business for Paul that combines his passions of photography and flying into one. How great is that? You're one lucky man to have a business that can do both, and we look forward to hearing how you did it. Thanks for being here today.
2: Glad to be here.
1: With me and Paul is Cyrus Lester, co-owner of Mushroom Maggie's, a St. Francisville farm that grows 10 different varieties of gourmet mushrooms and is taking the Baton Rouge and New Orleans foodie scene by storm. Since Cyrus and his wife, Maggie Long, opened the farm in early 2018, Mushroom Maggie's has tripled its size due to demand for its edible fungi, which are grown under the most careful and meticulous condition. These days, Mushroom Maggie's is selling its mushrooms to more than 40 restaurants, as well as grocery stores and farmer's markets. Cyrus and Maggie had always dreamed of owning their own boutique agricultural operation, and when they moved to the country a few years ago, they came up with the idea for mushrooms, in part because no one else was really doing it. That's so, correct. And he brought some to show. I wish those of you out there listening to this could see them, because they are beautiful. So we look forward to hearing about it. Thanks for being here, Cyrus. Thank you. Well, Paul and Paul actually brought a drone, too. So yeah. <laughs> It's too bad it can't get up there to take pictures of us all <laughs> while we're talking. But the drone stuff is, is fascinating. And What really came first? Was it your love of photography, videography, or was it aviation or
2: both? Uh, it was definitely video. I was uh, an editor and motion graphic designer uh, since 2000.
0: Okay. Uh, and
2: then one day I randomly ran into a guy who he told me he, he builds drones. Or well, Actually, drone wasn't even the word back then. Uh, he, he built uh, multi-copters. And uh, I was like, can you put a GoPro on that? And he's like, sure. So the next day he showed me, fell in love. And then two weeks later, I uh, sold the, the service to the travel channel. Wow. Uh, for the Bayou Corn sinkhole uh, a while back, and ever since then, just been doing it. So that's
1: fascinating. So, so what year are we talking about? I mean, when did? Because all of a sudden, we heard about drones all the time, and you said, when when did drones become really a big thing?
2: Uh well, in the early days, it was uh, there was a lot of fear because drones were the military, you know, killing machines. Right. Uh, so I guess really. I'd probably say around 2014, it started to become a little more uh, known that they're small toys, basically, uh, and then since then, they've grown technology, camera, camera technology has gotten better, uh, and they've become what, what they are today of uh, actual filmmaking tools.
1: Now, how, ma- how many drones do you own in your fleet?
2: Uh, seven. Uh, all of varying sizes. Uh, the one I have here today is actually one of the smallest ones we have. Uh, which is, this one's probably about two feet by two feet. Uh, Our largest one is six and a half feet wide and has a theoretical lift capability of 77 pounds. Uh, It's 50 volts, and uh, it's something you don't want (laughs) to (laughs) meet.
1: Well, it's such a, it's, it's a fun hobby. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun business. And Cyrus, you have a unique niche too, gourmet mushrooms. Um, and, and I've read that growing mushrooms is perhaps an easier way to make money as a farmer than some other vegetables or livestock. Well, is that true? And, and why is that?
3: Uh, yes and no. Um, we do grow indoors in a controlled environment. So we pick every single day, two or three times a day. 365 days a year. Wow. So yeah, it's great. We can. There's always mushrooms to pick. There's. It's not seasonal. Um, but mushrooms are very finicky. Um, they can get contaminated very easily uh, by mold or other bacterial contaminations, mm-hmm. which will stop them from growing. Um, so it's it's very difficult in terms of we have to have a lab to do all of our inoculating of our fruiting blocks. It's a very sterile room with a flow hood. Um, so it's, it's, it's so easy but So inoculating
1: of your, what did you say? So basically we- How we, do you grow a mushroom, I guess? It's, it sounds like that's what I'm asking. Gotcha. So, so we take basically agricultural waste
3: products from uh, rice bran, soybean holes, sawdust, and we mix them all together, add water, and we put them in these bags. And we steam these bags for about 24 hours to um, to sterilize them, to kill all the contaminants which may be present in the bag. And then we take the blocks to the fruiting room. I mean, to the lab where it's a very sterile environment where we have a flow hood that blows sterile air over our workspace and we take our spawn, which is basically the seed of a mushroom, mm-hmm. and we pour it into our fruiting blocks, our pre-sterilized mixed fruiting blocks. We seal the bag up, we shake it up, and we basically put the block on a shelf for anywhere from 12, 10 days to t- two months, depending on the variety, where the, the, the spores will colonize the bag, and then we'll bring it into the fruiting room, or they take about 7 to 14 days to fruit, depending on the species.
1: So it sounds like it's a very complicated process, and that to really be an expert in it, you would have to be nuanced and experienced. How did you develop this level of expertise? I mean, from what I read, you all kind of decided on mushrooms. It's not like you grew up... On a mushroom farm.
3: Right. We definitely did not grow up (laughs) on a mushroom farm. Um, Maggie and I just wanted to start farming, and so we decided to do mushrooms. And basically everything we've learned is through books or off the internet. Wow. I like to like call myself Maybe a, you don't
1: tell your clients. Well, yeah. the books are good, maybe not so much. It, but the resources were there to the be self The resources self-taught.
3: are on the internet. You know, I, I like to call myself a Facebook mycologist because that's basically <laughs> what I learned. And just trial and error. Sure, or, you know, sure. Trial and error.
1: So I would, I would wonder, Paul, if, if drone technology was the same thing. I mean, as it was evolving, as your company was evolving and you were already doing video work, did you have to sort of learn how to take pictures from a drone or is it easier than it?
2: It's, it, it, was, it was actually, I, I didn't initially have to learn how to uh, do cinematography. It was more how do you fly the drone. Right. <laughs> and especially with that, uh, you can get a lot of bad uh, shots with a camera uh... but you only get one crash so so yeah. you gotta be very careful very slow and uh... back when we started uh... you didn't just go to amazon and uh... buy a drone we we hand-built them soldered them program the computers everything
1: no kidding yeah. so you were making your own
2: at first correct and uh... I, I think really that for us is what really helps us stand out from a, a lot of the newer companies that are out there that if there is a problem they can't necessarily fix it you know mm-hmm. i know how the drone works i know you know it's more than just uh buy now okay. so so yeah so with that we we definitely is, is grown with it learned the technology uh and now we're one of the leaders because i mean there's
1: it. the technology component to it and then there's the aeronautics of just learning how to mm-hmm. fly it right and then there's the videography as well yeah
2: and uh it's it's one of those things i i never thought i'd know Learn so much about aerodynamics and everything uh, before drones and RF signals and wireless interference and all that sort of stuff because it it runs the gamut. It's not uh, there's so much that goes into it that is just way more than just a camera and a flying machine. I can imagine.
1: So how far away can you get with these? And I suppose it varies depending
2: on the correct the the condition uh, of the location that we're flying, like whether it's in New Orleans or. Out in the middle of the desert in Texas, uh, all those range, all those vary in the range. Uh, humidity, wind speed. Uh, but really, you know, uh, what I always say is the brochure says five miles. Five uh, miles. Five miles. That's like sort of
1: the rule of thumb.
2: Uh, well, <laughs> it, it, it just depends on the drone. Uh, the farthest I've ever flown a drone, which was out in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, was 16,000 feet. And the only reason we That's had to good. come back is because... Uh, we were we wouldn't have enough battery to come back so we kind of hit our point of no return so we wanted to return <laughs> so it is one of those things any anytime you can come back yeah uh, with battery power is a good time
1: so speaking of numbers Cyrus how many you're doing 10 different varieties of mushrooms um, tell us a little bit about the about the different ones and, and how you decided on those 10 I mean are they selling well they're they're Oh yeah, I mean a lot of them look very exotic. Do people know about them?
3: That's one thing that we've been having to do is, especially at the farmers market, we have been educating our customers about how they taste, about their medicinal properties, about how to cook them. Um, It's 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 not something people see every day, so people don't really know how to cook them. I'll have grandmas call me at. Seven o'clock on a Sunday morning, asking me how to cook the mushrooms they bought the night before.
1: How much it, fun is that?
3: Yeah, it's crazy, but um, it's it's really been doing well. There are differences in flavors and textures. There, um, with mushrooms, it's 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 a texture and flavor thing. Uh, the shiitakes probably have the most flavor. Yeah. Um, the oysters are very mild in flavor. They'll basically take up whatever you cook with, uh, with them. The um, lion's mane, which is the white hairy one. crazy
0: looking
3: Right. One. Those are, they taste very similar to lobster. They have a lobster-like texture. And when cooked, they taste similar to lobster. A lot of vegans use them as a meat substitute. Um, they are actually a medicinal mushroom as well. They're the only natural substance that regrows myelin in the brain. So they help with um, neurological disorders like multiple sclerosis, dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Studies have shown they help fight cancer in mice. For real? They help improve memory loss. And is there, I
1: mean, I guess these statements haven't been evaluated by the FDA, but I guess there's a growing body of... Of support without a
3: doubt well there's there's been a lot of research done on especially in asia china and japan on these mushrooms and also in europe and um they're extremely medicinal Uh, even the shiitakes are, are very medicinal they're good for your heart um let's see the king trumpets are my favorite they're very very meaty it's these right here yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they the, the stem is the best part on those it's like biting into a steak but a little crispier so that one's very the texture is very different how,
2: how many of them grow like in Louisiana um,
3: so the lion's main actually grow locally I actually found that in st. Francisville and cloned it in my lab and started growing it and it's actually a better yielding, better tasting mushroom than the commercial
1: strains that are available. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Cyrus Lester of Mushroom Maggie's Farm and Paul Charbonnet of Atmosphere Cinema. How lucrative are they? How much money is there in mushrooms or in drone technology, uh, video drone work? Paul,
2: I, I mean, there's there's tons. I think uh, in the in the film industry, it's. Somewhere around a billion-dollar industry, and then in the industrial sector alone, I mean that's huge. I know more guys do an industrial drone than I do a uh, cinematic drone, uh, just because it's all you know—it's all year round. There's no shooting schedule and worrying about weather and the fall. And and, and
1: you charge them by the hour. You give them sort of a fixed price based Daily on rates. what they want. Daily rates.
2: Daily rates. Because uh, for our, our pricing structure is, is is really based off of risk to equipment. Because sure. you know within 10 seconds we can take off, and some bird may decide it doesn't like the drone and attack it, and then boom. And, and we, that's a problem. It's a big. It was a big problem. We've had we've had a drone taken down by a bird before. A lot of the films we work on that we actually have to meet requirements of manned aircraft uh, for the drones because uh, whether the lawyers or whoever. There's no drone checkbox. It's are you an airplane or a helicopter?
1: Right, and so. so that was my next question. I mean, from from what I understand, the FAA is still sort of sorting out all the rules governing drones, right? Or is it changing? It, it,
2: it's, still, it's still a very large gray area. Uh, there are some laws and rules out there. Uh, but the biggest thing, uh, from what I understand in the, with the FAAs, agents that I've talked to is the just the enforcement of it there's more drones than there are agents and there you can't track them so it's just like if someone's doing something illegal how do you catch them because really this drone could be doing something illegal you know a mile away from where you are
1: and they don't know it's you operating it. Correct.
2: Now, we follow the book every time. Like, we're we're so stringent on it that sometimes clients get a little upset because we can't do something.
1: Like, can, can you think of an example?
2: Oh, well, we, we we cannot fly over people. Uh, we can't fly over moving traffic. Uh, and in, uh, you know, obviously in the restricted airspace of airports. Uh, sure. Louisiana doesn't let us fly over schools or chemical plants, which isn't that big of an issue and. Uh, so, it's not that big of a deal, but it's mainly the traffic so and leaves, people.
1: <laughs> that leaves what?
2: <laughs> exactly. So interesting. Yeah, you know, but but on, on the film sets we work on, uh, they they close the streets off. The people, the cars that we are flying over are stunt vehicles, and they're part of the production, and and that stuff is covered, you know. So we, we, we can do that because they're they're part of the operation, but the, just the general public you just you can't fly over.
1: So there. interesting. Cyrus what's the what's the market like for gourmet mushrooms and and what kind of demand is out there?
3: The demand is is serious. Um, Actually so I, this morning I delivered to Commander's Palace and so Chef Tori made a post with our pictures of our mushrooms. Congratulations. And thank you and we've already and in, in about forty-five minutes, we got contacted by about eight chefs from New Orleans. Wow! Um, it's
1: it's it's a big demand. Uh, we sell out every week. And is that that's where that's the market you're targeting, or the chefs more than just the mom and pop consumers at the farmers market or at the local grocery store? Perhaps? Correct.
3: Right now, we're um, we do one farmers market, the Baton Rouge uh, downtown on Main Street farmers market. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we sell at one grocery store in St. Francisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, that grocery store actually just, uh, the manager, produce manager, just won best produce manager in the whole country um, from using our mushrooms. Um, but we also we mainly sell to restaurants right now. Once we get bigger, we'll try and pick up more grocery stores so they're more accessible to sure. people. Um, so they don't have to come down on a Saturday between eight and twelve just to get mushrooms to cook.
1: How much do you charge for them? I mean, buy <clears> a bunch or buy a re- pint or a yeah retail. Um,
3: they go for bet- a quarter pound is five dollars, a half pound is eight dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so wholesale it's a little different. It's a little little different. Um, anywhere between nine and thirteen dollars wholesale. Okay. Um, mushrooms are a profitable crop, um, however, they're extremely difficult to grow. So you, you can lose a whole week's worth of crop or two weeks in a row very, very easily. Um, let's say, for, for an example, this spring we lost two entire weeks of mushrooms due to The sawdust that we use wow so this in the spring the sap from the tree roots which carries the antifungal properties in it it, they go to the leaves which makes it more present in the sawdust and in the trunk and the limbs Mm -hmm. so this time of year there's more antifungal properties in the wood so you'll have to age your wood,
1: your sawdust, a lot longer. And I guess this is the kind of thing you just have to find out by trial and error. That's correct. That's correct. What kind of competition is out there in your respective businesses? I mean, I know for a while there were a lot of companies doing aerial drone work, drone yeah. cinema, cinematography. Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah. So uh, right now, from from best I can tell, that we're we're the largest drone, uh, cinematic drone company in Louisiana. Uh, but our biggest competition is actually uh, out-of-state companies, like from Los Angeles and Hollywood, so when they so they'll come in, you know... A, with a, the
1: particular movie. With the,
2: yeah, just because, you know, it, it's it's a networking game and, you know, someone on set knows a guy in L.A. and, you know, and that's fine, because right. we, we, we go to L.A. We have an office in, in New York as well. Do you really? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's... It's just one of those things, you know. Do you
1: all do a lot of business out of state?
2: Uh, We, I'd probably say twenty percent of our business is where we travel out of state. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is, is that ninety percent of our business is from out of state clients. Uh, It's funny whenever we actually do get a, a call from someone in Louisiana. It's usually someone kind of inquiring about, can you fly a drone at my kid's birthday party? You know, <laughs> they, they don't really know. There's not really serious inquiries. Right, right. Um, but, like, uh, on Saturday, uh, we're actually flying for Japanese TV for a show in Japan. And this would be our fourth production that we've done with them.
1: So you're they're coming here?
2: Yeah, they're bringing you an entire Japanese crew. And we're going d- down into the Gulf. Uh, filming, you know, marsh stuff. I'm not really how sure. How
1: much fun? And it's how many guys and gals do you have working for you who do this?
2: So uh, we we only have two full-time employees, uh, and the rest of my guys are contracted uh, because they work in the film industry. So I'm more than happy to let them go out on set and do their normal work, and they're able to. Like, you know, get on a job and say, oh, hey, you need drones? I got drones. So they they bring us in. Um, I know there are some companies out there that actually restrict their guys from not working with anyone, and I think that's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but we we don't do that.
1: Cyrus, is there a lot of competition in your field?
2: Probably Um, fallen logs.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, when we first started, there was two other mushroom farms in the state. When we first started selling one year ago. And uh, now we are the largest in the state by a few hundred pounds. And a couple in about two months, we'll be larger by about eight or nine hundred pounds a week. Um, That's quite a lot. Yeah, it's but the we also get calls probably two to three times a month from people in the state wanting to start a mushroom farm and wanting to basically come work for free to do an internship in order to learn how to grow
1: so do you view that as competition or is it a way to to grow the market so that there's more awareness and educate the consumers and a little
3: bit of both it just depends uh, on their geographical location um yeah if if somebody in baton rouge wanted to start a mushroom farm i probably wouldn't and, and wanted to come work for free, I probably wouldn't uh, let them do that, teach them the tricks of the trade. Um, but Same I do Same thing ha- happens to me. Yeah. I do have hobbyists that, you know, have no intent on, on being competition um, mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, I, I'll teach basically anything to because they love it. They just want to learn how to grow. Our main competition is basically Chinese and Japanese mushrooms. Um, since they pay their workers so little, sure. You know, um, they can ship mushrooms for you know a tenth, the pr- well, le- a lot less than what we can even grow them
1: for. But with a mushroom, I mean, fresh is so much better. Isn't That's it? correct. I mean, don't they get
3: so musty tasting pretty quickly? That's correct. That's why we chose uh, specialty mushrooms because the shelf life is between. Uh, a week to three weeks basically on these mushrooms and if you're buying from even just another state much less overseas by the time you get most of your mushrooms they're already a week and a half to two weeks old Mm -hmm. um, just going through the distribution process. Sure. Um, So our mushrooms are picked and delivered usually within two or three days of of picking their their, uh, at a restaurant or at somebody's home.
1: Are you working with like herbal remedy doctors? Or I mean, do you really want to focus on the restaurant and foodie communities? Gotcha, yes, we
3: uh, we dehydrate our lion's manes that we grow, uh, the extra ones that we, that we don't sell, which hasn't been any lately, but we dehydrate them and we capsule them up to make capsules. Like my father has multiple sclerosis. And so with MS, your myelin in your brain on your myelin sheath degenerates. Mm-hmm. And so the lion's main, like I said, is the only natural substance that regrows that myelin back. So he t- he'll take capsules... Um, So, we make the medicinal capsules. We also are starting to make tinctures as well. Interesting. And we'd like to get into the medicinal side because there's a lot of mushrooms that aren't gourmet mushrooms or edible, but with tremendous medicinal properties that can be taken um, in in capsule or tincture form.
1: It seems like there's a lot of potential there. How are y'all marketing your respective businesses? Is it mostly online, word of mouth? Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Oh, online and, and word of mouth mainly for us. Um, just referrals on set, like, hey, you did a great job, and I have another film I need done. Uh, but really, like all the out of state stuff, it's probably just Google searches, you know, yeah. website SEO, uh, Facebook, social media.
1: What about you,
3: Cyrus? It's um, basically the same thing. At first, uh, when we first started, we took our mushrooms for the first month and we just brought free mushrooms to all the best restaurants that we knew of in, in Baton Rouge. And we just gave them boxes of free mushrooms and said, hey, let us know if y'all want any. Um, but we did that one time and we've never
1: had to really contact a restaurant since then. It sounds like that would be a, a, a real growth opportunity there. Without well, a doubt. Cyrus lester and paul Charbonnet. it's inspiring to see people who have a passion for something that they are then able to turn into a business so you all are both very fortunate and it's great to hear about your companies and your respective successes so good luck moving forward we'll be following you thank you
3: thank you very and much thanks for
1: being here today on out to lunch my guests today on Out to Lunch have been Paul Charbonnet of Atmosphere Cinema and Cyrus Lester of Mushroom Maggie's. You can find out more about Atmosphere Cinema and Mushroom Maggie's by going to our website, it's batonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Rusciutti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Anne Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for its Baton Rouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Riegold. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor led on site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused. Focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety and other corporate training needs. More information is at council.org And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.